We the People, a podcast giving a Christian perspective on news, politics, hot topics, and so much more. Hosted by Rodney Nesmith, worship pastor at New Life Fellowship in Lovelock, Nevada. This week, Rodney is joined by Dr. Vimeel Green, author of Please Teach Me Like I'm a Boy. Together, they'll discuss the state of education and Black History Month. The latest episode of We the People will start right after this quick commercial break. Jake from State Farm, I really want that personal price plan. So I'll admit it, I'm a bath bomb guy. Dude, you do not need to get that personal. The State Farm personal price plan simply helps you create an affordable price just for you. For real? Who's ready for their jazz bath? No? (laughs) Who is that guy? Jazz bath? Call or click to get a quote today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And now it's time for We the People. Here's Rodney. Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Rodney, your host of the We the People podcast. And man, we've got a great guest for you tonight. Uh, She is a child development author. Her name is Dr. Vermel D. Green. She's the author of Please Teach Me Like I'm a Boy. 10 Steps to His Success in School and in Life. She has been a school teacher and administrator for more than 45 years. So, Dr. Vermel, thank you for being on tonight, and welcome to the We the People podcast. Ronnie, thank you for having me. It's a joy. Awesome. So, tell us about this book. Please Teach Me Like I'm a Boy came from my experience with working with educators who many of them don't know that boys learn differently than girls. And what was happening um, in our schools, boys are at the top of suspension rates and at the bottom of test scores. And largely because we have a female dominated profession teaching Mm -hmm. where um, at the elementary level can be up to about 90% of the teachers Uh, or even more in some schools, are women. Unfortunately, um, our teachers are not taught in the undergrad level. And even after um, graduating, they're not sent to seminars and professional development that explains the differences between boys and girls learning in their classroom. Um, And having been a teacher, I know I'm going to teach the way I learn best which is a lot of reading and writing and talking. And that's what teachers do. And that's connecting with the girls, but not so much with a lot of our boys. Hence, um, in recent years, our boys are really floundering. They are, and it's not an exaggeration to say they are in crisis in our schools where subjects where boys used to be, you know, uh, really proficient say math or sciences, the girls have caught up and even surpassed our boys in many cases. So I wanted to write a book that tells not just um, teachers how boys learn, but also parents, because it's those parents who get those phone calls from Johnny's (laughs) teacher. He won't sit still. He doesn't pay attention. Come on, let's teach him like he's a boy. 
Yeah, I agree. Because I remember when I was in school, um, most of the kids I was in school with that had the highest grades in math and in science and things like that were boys. Many years ago, yes. Yeah. And what, hap what happened is that uh, girls had a wonderful advocate in the American Association of University Women, and there's other feminist groups as well that says, well, we've got to change the curricula. We've got to help the girls to be more successful. And I don't have a problem with that. I like our girls to do well. I sure. used to be a little girl. So yeah, right. help our yeah. girls. But it's not a zero-sum game. Just because we help our girls doesn't mean that we can't also help our boys. Um, right. They began to change the math curriculum. Um, so it wasn't any more than, uh, it wasn't just computation. It became more reading about math, talking about math, writing about math, which are all language-based um, additions to math. And that's where girls really do well in the language arts. Gotcha, gotcha. So what was happening with our reading part our boys weren't getting the support that our girls had. Unfortunately, they didn't have the advocates saying, well, we need to change the reading curriculum and the writing curriculum to help the boys. That wasn't happening. And so when you have a language-based uh, uh, academic um, uh, experience, this is school that mm -hmm. our boys just haven't been doing as well. And the numbers are frightening. And what what are the numbers? What do the numbers look like? And what are, what do they tell us? Well, they tell us first of all, the pandemic did a, a horrendous number on yeah. our boys and and girls. Yeah, um, for sure. Especially when it came to math. Um, I, I in fact, in our state, only about thirty three percent of our boys, you know, or were proficient in math. And for our black boys and, and me as a black woman, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm very concerned about our black boys. Their numbers were even lower than the 33% yeah. of the boys. Girls, were, they were low also, but not as low as the boys. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's very concerning because our boys are easily discouraged. Unfortunately, when they get to that magical age of, 17 or 18 when they can just say no i'm not going to do this school thing anymore they're off right. yeah then, yeah so what can you do in our society without a minimum high school education hopefully even more than that especially when you haven't even gotten the skills that you learn in a trade yeah some um, some um systems have even cut out the trades plumbing and electric um electrical engineering we're not so much electrical engineering, but electricians and mechanics. Right. Um, those used to be the areas where boys could turn to if they weren't going to go to college. But when those right. occupations <laughs> and those training schools aren't available, again, our boys suffer. Yeah, and I am a huge advocate of trade schools because, like you said, not college is not for everybody, you know, and it's a lot of guys um, tend to lean more toward the trades, especially if they're available to them, because yeah. it's more of a hands-on work. 
um, you know, that kind of thing. And that's kind of guys kind of trend that direction more than more than the girls do a little bit. And uh, the trade schools going away was a horrible, horrible disservice to our education system, in my opinion. I, I completely agree. Completely. Even my grandson, you know, he's only 11, but I already hmm. see now that uh, college, him sitting there listening to a professor drone <laughs> on for an hour, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Yes, I understand. Yes, yes. And that's so true of so many of our little boys um, yeah. and young men that college just isn't for them. And I don't blame them. I took my car to the shop, oh gosh, a couple of weeks ago. And there was a sign posted that labor was $142 an hour. Yep. I'm thinking I'm in the wrong profession. <laughs> <laughs> right? I obviously am. <laughs> but yet you get these poor boys and girls who are going to college and saddled with tens of thousands of dollars in debt yeah. when they graduate, yeah. you know, yeah. with their degrees in fine arts who are now yeah. working at McDonald's, you know, exactly. so it's, <laughs> it's exactly crazy. right. And there's, and there's a lot of people with a lot of different kinds of degrees that are not working in the fields that they got a degree to work in. And they're not, even, not even close. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And yet they've still got all that debt that they went to college for, you know, that carried them through. And, you know, granted, there are some that don't have it. And for them, man, thumbs up. Uh, because, you know, for those that can work through college and, you know, not get saddled with all that debt, that's that's bonus right there to me. It is. It is a bonus. Unfortunately, like we, you know, we were saying, um, these little boys or not, young men, you know, mm -hmm. they're not given given very many options. Right. Um, and you look at these young men and, and they're going to survive. They have to survive. And if right. they have lost a moral sense of what is acceptable in society, then mm -hmm. they begin to survive in ways that are not positive. Correct. Um, and they turn to, you know, the drugs, selling drugs or other mm -hmm. kinds of criminal activity um, yeah. because they've lost that moral sense but yet they know that they have to survive and they're not going to survive the way they want to on a minimum wage um, job at McDonald's. When they want to drive a fancy car, they want to live in a nice home. They don't yep. want to live within their mother's basement, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to, to take a young lady out to dinner and you, you're not going to be able to do that. So no, um, on a minimum wage job, the only place you're going to take anybody is back to McDonald's where you work. <laughs> That's true. Get the employee discount, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. And that, that it, I mean, we're laughing about it, but it's sadly, that's true. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I really, my heart breaks for our boys uh, because truly our men are the strength of our culture. Yeah. Now I have said that <laughs> to groups of people and I'll get arms crossed and oh, rounds. Yeah. And, you know, I find that offensive and I, and, you know, at, at 71, I don't care. You know, I'm going to say it. If it's true, I'm going to say it. 
and I'm going to say it again. Men are the strength of our culture. Who fights our wars? Who builds our buildings and builds our infrastructure? Who raises strong families? Whose absence from a family will mean that that family has a terrible foundation, doesn't even have a foundation. It's our men. And, And from where do our men come? From little boys who are educated, Mm -hmm. who do not feel less than a boy, who aren't shamed into thinking that something's wrong with you. Little Mm -hmm. boys who aren't medicated into submission to turn them into girls, you know, by feeding them Adderall and Ritalin and all these other things because they're just being boys. Exactly right. um, I, I feel for our boys. Yeah, and it's it's a shame to me to see, like you were talking about, and I, and I, if people get upset at me, I don't care either. I mean, I'm 60 years old, so if you want to get upset, get upset. I don't care. Um, but it's sad to me this to see the way boys and men are treated in our society nowadays. Like the you know the toxic masculinity. If a boy's a boy, for heaven's sakes, yeah, it's like that's ridiculous. That's what boys. And men are not toxic, but they're supposed to be masculine. That's, you know, that's what we are. That's what we're supposed to be. And now with this push for um, these children to decide what gender they want to be, you know, having been a former biology teacher, I'm thinking, hello, (laughs) what do you mean? It's XY or XX, you know, come on. Yeah, That's, I always tell people it's, it's not hard to figure it out. No, and I don't care what you cut off or what yep. you add or mm-hmm. what kind of hormones you pump in them. It's all the, either at the cellular level, cellular level is either going to be male or female. And yep. when you have little boys who are perhaps in school, you know, very impressionable and they see that, hey, wait a minute. The boys are always getting in trouble. The boys, their artwork of of pirates and 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 sword fights, that's not up on the bulletin board. The girls' pictures are, you know, with butterflies and 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 roses. They're up on the board. Well, then maybe I should be a little girl if I want to be successful, because the girls are the ones that the teacher recognizes, and and the boys are always getting in trouble. And well, mom, dad, maybe. I think I want to be a girl. And when you have uneducated, not necessarily book uneducated, but life uneducated parents who are themselves wanting to, you know, be air quotes progressive, they say, oh, Junior, you want to be a little girl? Okay, well, let's go to your doctor and let's talk to your doctor about maybe changing you into a little girl. And then that cycle begins. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's craziness. I, I, I fear for our children. I pray yeah. for our children all the time because it's yeah. truly demonic. It's a demonic. Oh, I, you are preaching to me now, and I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I could not agree more. It is demonic, and it's wrong. And in my opinion, and I, I'm not an advocate for, you know, entities stepping into people's families from the outside but if you're pushing your child to get parts cut off their body to try to be something and someone they're not you don't deserve that child they that child should not be in your home 
I agree. I agree. I mean, parents, uh, I just, sometimes I just want to shake them and, oh. you know, to, to say, wait a minute, you're supposed to be keeping your child safe. You're right. supposed to be the one protecting them from the outside influences. What's mm-hmm. going on with you? I mean, you're supposed to be the one with the with the experience and the wisdom, you know, and yeah. you're allowing some five-year-old child to decide what sex they are. You, your child can't even get an aspirin without your permission at school. They can't yeah. even go to the, to, to the 7-Eleven or the McDonald's from school without your permission. But yet you're yep. going to allow these school folks, some of them, some of mm-hmm. my former colleagues, are out there telling parents, well, we really can't inform, keep you informed as to what your child says. You know, uh-huh. I know. Craziness. Yeah, it is. And then now you've got counselors in school nowadays that will, and a lot of teachers, unfortunately, and I don't bash teachers because I loved all my teachers growing up. Well, most of them anyway, (laughs) but um, they're, you know, they're, they're pushing agendas instead of teaching, they're pushing agendas like the LGBTQ agenda or the trans, you know, the transgender thing. And it's like, they're, they're decorating their classrooms like it and doing all these kinds of things. I'm like, what does that have to do with educating our kids? You're trying to brainwash them to be something they're not. And taking valuable instructional time when our children can't read, when they can't compute, when they can't write coherent sentences, when they can't spell. And then Mm -hmm. you're going to take what little time that they have and start indoctrinating them with how they can have two mommies or two daddies and how they can change their gender. No, no, no. You know, that old thing, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, parents, not everybody in the village is your friend. Not everybody in the village loves your child. Not everyone in the village wants the best for your child. That is absolutely right. You better be careful who's in your village is the way I look at that right there. Yes. (laughs) Better be very careful about who's in your village. Because we've got some village idiots out there. And they are out changing and attacking our children, especially, especially our little boys. Yeah. And it's, it's, it just, I, I mean, I see the news and I see these things going on in the news and, and with school systems and with all this transgender stuff that is in vogue now for whatever reason. And it just drives me crazy. I'm like, what is going on in this country? And well, it's not just this country, but in the world in general, but I say this country, cause that's where my grandkids are you know, and that kind of thing and going to school. So that's what I care about at the moment. It's like, come on, this is so messed up. It truly is. It truly is. And um, I have in recent years discovered just how much of a leader our country is to the world in mm-hmm. regards to fads and fashion oh, and, yep. and and media Um I was watching, uh, well, I'm a fan of America's Got Talent. Oh, me too. I love that show. I know. And do you realize that that show is um, all over the world? Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a can- Canada's Got Talent and the Australia's Got Talent and a uh, South Africa's Got Talent and a 
Philippines got to, you know, it's, it's all over the world. Yeah, it is. And, and I'm thinking, wow, look at this. Look at the influence that we have on our world. Yeah. And unfortunately, not all of those influences that America has sent out, it has been positive. And, mm-hmm. and, and it hurts my heart because yeah. America was the country founded on God. Who, yep. who, in God we trust, and th- that that Judeo-Christian ethic, that's right, and, and that we are the primary source of missionaries going out into mm-hmm. the world, and yep. now we are the primary source of filth going out into the world, and it and it's it it's sad, it it hurts. Yeah, Especially for someone who's grown up as as you and I have, you know, when America was the leader in good and right, and people look to America. Yeah. positive leadership, godly leadership. And yeah, and, and now we're the ones in need of missionaries now. You know, that's the sad part. You're exactly um, right. You know, and churches have gone woke and they've they've turned, you know, they're not teaching the Bible. They're teaching whatever they feel like teaching, wokeism, I guess. And they're, you know, allowing drag shows in churches that I've seen and transgenderism. It's like, what in the world you guys don't know the same God I know, obviously. Oh, my goodness. And it's it's increasingly frustrating when you see pastors and churches, people of God, yeah. people who say they know God, who yep. are completely living lives antithetical to what the Bible preaches. Yeah. And then when it comes down to elections, and I know, you know, politicians aren't going to save our country, but then when you get... Christians or people who say that they, you know, believe in God, they want to obey God. What then? You turn around and you elect people who don't believe in the same thing you do. How how, yeah. how do you? How does that? I, I how does that? To me, yeah, to me that's utter craziness because this is just me. I'm uh, I'll be honest. I'm a conservative and I'm a Christian and. You know, I'm I look for people that hold the closest to my values to vote for. And unfortunately, those people are kind of hard to find sometimes. Um, But I do the best I can. I try to you know, I try to look at what they believe in. You know, are they pro-abortion or are they, you know, pro-life? Are they, you know, are they for the Bible or are they against the Bible? Are they, you know, Whatever the case is, I try to vote for the people that line up as close as possible to my belief system. And I tell you, Rodney, the the group that I really want to just grab and shake are my fellow Black Americans, you know, who I'm thinking, what has made our race survive? Slavery, Jim Crow, segregation, civil rights movement. It was our faith. It was our family that helped us. And now it's almost like we are destroying ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we look look at someone and we look at the color of their skin and that's all that matters. You know? But I remember my own parents when um, Barack Obama was was running. And my Mm -hmm. parents were so excited. You know, my parents you know, children of growing up in the 20s and the 30s, right. you know, right. a black man running for president, you know, that was just, and so my father, 
I remember asking me saying, well, why aren't you excited? And I said, dad, you raised me to not look at someone's color of the skin, but look at their character, look at their values, their art. And you told me and you taught me that. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like you're going against what you've already thought. You're looking at the color of his skin and it doesn't matter what his values and his beliefs are. And right. I'm sorry, dad, you were a very good teacher. <laughs> so I'm going to follow what you said. I don't care what color is it, black, white, or sky, blue, green. I'm there looking at what is, what makes him tick. What are his values? Yes. And his values do not align with mine. Well, and that's, you know, that's like with our current president, and I use that term loosely, um, for him to come out and say, yeah, amen, for him to come out and say, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) When he said that, I said, excuse me. And And I looked at my husband. and And yet he still got the black vote. Yeah. Which blew my mind. I'm like, what? I looked at my husband and he looked at me and I said, oh, you're not black. You know, what's, what's going on? I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Oh my, oh. And some of the things that he has said and the patriot, you know, the patronizing words that he says and, yeah. and oh my, oh my word. So black people, black Americans, you know, and, and you say conservative Christian, Try being a black conservative Christian. Talk about being talk few about, in number. Yeah, talk talk about being the villain. Oh, please. But, yeah. you know, I don't care because mm-hmm. I I talk and I perform for an audience of one. And Amen. I don't care about what they say, you know. And I, and I have a very close friend and she and I have had, you know, arguments and, and, and this, I, I won't even call them arguments, discussions because we are <laughs> diametrically opposed. She's black mm-hmm. as well. And I just look at her and I said, you know, I love you. And when we get to heaven, you'll find out that I'm right. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we live in a crazy world right now. I'm telling you, there's no two ways about it. We live in an absolutely crazy world. And, uh, you know, just I mean, I look at uh well, I'll bring it up like this. The Emmy Awards last Sunday night. If you didn't see the intro to that, it is disgusting beyond belief and demonic. It is just repulsive. And I'm like, this is what we're putting on primetime TV. You've got to be kidding me right now. I tell you, um, I didn't see it, but I read about it. And, uh, woof. If, I, if they had instead done an opening scene of The Chosen, I wonder how many people would have protested, you know, <laughs> and it's just probably a lot. Oh, please. You know, but, um, America, and like I said, you know, unfortunately we become the leader and, and so, you know, I almost say, well, no wonder the uh, uh, Iranians, whatever, call us the great Satan. I, yeah. You know, no wonder they call us, you know, because we haven't done anything to show that we are not. And right. it's not the majority. 
Praise no, God. It's not. not the majority. It's a very vocal minority that's um, that's holding the reins of power now. Yeah. And also holding the reins of the media and, and even academia. Yeah, it, you're so completely right. And what boggles my mind, I mean, we're a, our country was based on the way it was majority rule. And the majority of people don't go along with this stuff, but yet the major, the minority with the loudness, well, because they've got the media on their side, have all the voices and what and, and the, the majority are sitting back going, wait a minute, that's not me. That's not what I line my life up with. That's not how I live. Why is this constantly shoved in my face? Mm -hmm. And it will continue to be shoved in our faces if we don't stand up and if we yeah. don't speak out and yeah. if we don't stand strong. And yes, we're going to pray, but you're going to pray, but you're also going to put feet to those prayers, you yeah. know, um, get out and vote, um, sit, you know, write your legislate legislators mm -hmm. run for office, especially at the local elections. You know, we, yeah. we are called to be salt mm -hmm. and how can we be salt? We're still in the salt shaker. You know, we need to get out of the salt shaker exactly. to the world. We do. Yeah. I mean, I look at it like this, too. I mean, we've got the light of the world living inside of us. And if it's our job to shine that light, it's our job to let that light out. And if we're talking like the world, walking like the world, dressing like the world and going along with the world, there's no light shining. I'm sorry. There's no light shining out. You're just blending in with everybody else. Yes. Yes. You know, and like you said, our, our boys are paying a huge price because it's not popular to be a boy. It's not popular to be masculine. You have to be, you know, a little, you have to be in touch with your feminine side and this, you know, or a little effeminate to fit in or this or that. It's like, that's not the way God designed men and boys to be. It's not. It's not. Biologically, um, it's not neurologically it's not mm -hmm. how god designed men to be little boys to be uh and we need to help our teachers to realize because i really hope and pray that our teachers are in the profession because they love children they want to see all children to succeed um all children to be able to go into careers or college right. or the trades, mm -hmm. whatever, that our teachers really at the heart care about children. I, I want to believe that. Yeah. And I, I want to think that if we just educate them on how boys learn and how they function, that those teachers will respond by saying, okay, yes, that's true. I've noticed that Johnny acts like this, but Janie acts like this. And um, let's see what I can do as their teacher to help them to be more successful. I'm tired of, of failing Johnny and Jimmy and, and, and Jody. I want to I pass them. I want to see them be successful. Perhaps I do need to see how they learn and yeah. do my research. And then it all falls back again on their parents. Yeah. Parents have to be the advocates for their sons. They cannot allow people who don't know them 
know yeah. their child absolutely to, to start recommending medications and surgeries and procedures on their child uh i applaud those parents who uh doctor says well maybe let's try ritalin the parents said no we're not gonna pump that you know what kind of research has been done on ritalin you know that's what the parents should say how do i know how that's going to affect my child to look into the future mm-hmm. how we're pigeonholing those little yep. boys into yep. careers or not allowing to get in careers who's going to give a, a a gun to a man who needs Ritlin to control his mind and help him focus. Right. You know, so, okay, that cuts out being a policeman. Who's going to give a rifle or a machine gun to a soldier who needs Adderall in order to stay focused and to, and to calm him? You know, okay, yeah. by military, yeah. you know, goodbye um, any kind of occupation that we that requires a, sec- um, a, a security clearance. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we don't think past today yeah uh, past this microwave mentality that says i can fix anything with a pill mm-hmm. and i've got to fix it now no so uh parents if you can homeschool homeschool yeah. and that's why yeah i agree and you know that's why i am totally pro-choice as far as schools. I mean, you should have school choice as a parent. You should be able to send your child to any school you want, because let's face it, not all schools are good at educating their, the kids in those schools. And I mean, the, the records show it. I mean, you can check it yourself. And why should a parent have to be limited? Well, I can only take my kid to that school. That's wrong. They should have the choice to take them to any school they want. The government is still getting their tax money. For the kid going to school, who cares where it's at? I tell you who cares. The teachers' unions care. Yeah, absolutely. And they are opposed. Um, hopefully, parents will realize that um, despite what the teachers' unions want, you know, take your child to another school. Um, and it's going to take a sacrifice. Yeah. Um, if it's a, a private school or a Christian school or even homeschooling, you know, you have to, you know, sacrifice for your child. That's part of being a parent. You know, yeah. you do what's best for your child. Um, when I started a school for boys some years ago, um, you know, I, I was concerned about parents paying tuition and if mm. they would be able to afford tuition. And then I read a story about this father um, 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 Latino father in Texas who wanted his child to go to a special school where there was tuition. And to in order to afford it, he, he would sell his blood to, afford, wow. help, to, to help um, pay for his child's tuition at this school. And when I read that, I said, oh my word. You know, anytime you have a father who want so much for their child to succeed that he's out selling his blood. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, parents. I'm yeah. sure you can afford the tuition at this school. We're going to help you, but you have to decide. Instead of driving two cars, maybe drive one car. Instead of, you know, having, you know, 
50 outfits, maybe only have five outfits. <laughs> right. You know? Stop eating out. There's all kinds of ways to economize if you realize the importance of your child's education. Absolutely. Truly, unfortunately, some of people that your child will run into during the course of his 12 years or her 12 years in school um, are not really after their best interest. No, no, they're not. And uh, it's sad to say that because I know when I was in school, my teachers, man, if I got out of line, I heard, I found out about it very quickly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and if I had issues, they, I mean, you know, we had parent teacher conferences, you know, and I don't know if that's still a thing. I know it is. I know my kids with their schools and their kids in school still have those from time to time. And, uh, you know, that a lot of that's gone by the wayside and, and a lot of parents have just flat out abdicated their children to the schools to take care of and to, you know, to abdicate their own rights as parents. And that is sad um, in regards to parent teacher conferences. Those are great um, if parents will come, if parents will show up. Yeah. Uh, now, on the other hand, when you have parents who do show up who are speaking out against some of the things that are happening in the schools. Oh my goodness. The label is terrorists. Yeah. You know, domestic terrorists. Yep. And when I, when that started happening, I said, Oh my, you know, as an administrator for so many years, educator, we used to beg our parents, come get involved, come to the program. We need more parent involvement. You know, yep. we would, feed them and offer them food and offer them prizes to come to PTA meetings. Yeah. Come, yeah. And then finally, when the parents are showing up in droves, instead of saying, yes, our parents are involved, we say, no, get back, go away. We don't know. Yeah. That, that is something that definitely should not be happening and parents no. shouldn't allow it to happen to them. They That's have to be right. there. They have to be involved. You know, mm -hmm. look at curricula, go to those school board meetings, see what they're trying to, to pass. Yeah. Uh, I know in my own state, they're trying to pass a health curriculum. It's not just our state, but a lot of different states. They're trying to get the LGBTQ agenda yep. in the state through the health curriculum. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the enemy, the devil is so busy. He's oh, so man. busy. He's and, working. He's working overtime. Oh, please. You know, and then they're ha they're um, kind of hooking this whole agenda onto our black the civil rights of that blacks have fought for. They're kind of hooking onto that agenda, yeah. you know, with this um, uh, uh, what what was it um, the same sex marriage proposal? What they did, they put another part in that bill that says, you know, the interracial marriage can't can't be you know outlawed. I'm thinking, whoever thought about outlawing interracial marriage, but they that were was, able then to that tell was legislators. My, that was my exact reaction. I was going, wait a minute, who's trying to outlaw interracial marriage? I mean, that's that's been going on for a long time. A long so, time. Yeah, so where, where, why did this become a thing? Because they could tell legislators, if you vote against this bill, we can say you voted against interracial marriage. Yep. That boy, you got that right. Oh, they, please. They, they stick stuff in these bills that 
shouldn't be in there. That's for sure. And me is, I think every bill should either stand or fall on its own without a bunch of garbage thrown in at the last second that most people don't even know is in there and until it's too late. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every bill should at least be looked at when you are going to put one forward, in my opinion, anyway, you should have, everybody should have at least a week to look at it. That's in the going to vote on it instead of trying to cram it down their throats overnight. When it's this thick, you know. Yeah, when it's a thousand pages. (laughs) And like the black history curricula, you know, thank goodness for Governor DeSantis saying, look at this stuff, intersectionality of, you know, the LGBTQ and queer theory with black history. Excuse me, this is our history. Why are you trying to again, you know, hook your little agenda onto our black history that we fought for for decades to mm-hmm. have it studied and now you're going to sneak that in oh yeah. my goodness and then yeah. well don't get me started about black lives matter oh please mm. black lives matter you know this is not for black people no nope. you know they want to uh uh destroy the nuclear family yep what again what has made our, our our black people, what has made us strong mm-hmm. and allowed us to, to get through slavery and Jim Crow and, and segregation and, and civil rights? It was our family. Our family yep. was our strength. And yep. now Black Lives Matter wants to destroy that, wants yep. to destroy fathers, uh, fathers that we need. Look at the prisons packed out with black men Black men who grew up in fatherless homes. That's fatherless correct. is destroying our black culture. And and so Black Lives Matter raking in millions and millions of dollars. How many of those millions of dollars did they actually turn around and use to help black people? How None. many schools None. did they build? How many universities did they build to help black children to learn? How many black businesses did they help to rebuild after those riots? How much? No, they took that money to build multi-million dollar mansions and 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 have a certain lifestyle. So yep. don't get me started about Black Lives Matter because to us, yes, Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, Red Lives Matter, all lives matter. If right. you really want to show Black people that our lives matter, then first of all, you need to educate our children, mm-hmm. keep our families safe, Yep. Take off this tax burden. Thank you, police, for protecting us. We we love you. Thank you for sacrificing. I was in the grocery store the other day, and there was a our our local um, sheriff was one of our sheriffs. They're all called sheriffs. Yeah. Was in line behind me, and after I paid for my food, I said, "I'm going to pay for his also." And he said, ma'am, you don't have to do that. I said, honey, I know I don't have to. You yeah. don't have to go out there trying to take a bullet on my behalf either. So yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for you. Thank yeah. you for your service, for what you've done for us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, our Black people need to wake up. Yeah, absolutely. Wake up. And, we, and we need to quit vilifying the police, too, for heaven's sakes. I Thank mean, you. we... Quit vilifying the very people that are trying to save your life, for heaven's sakes, when you need it. And and I don't care what color they are. They could be pink for all I care for the job they do. They're putting their lives on the line every day. And we have the gall 
to vilify them? Are there bad cops? Absolutely. We just saw some in uh, that. Oh, I can't remember the city. It was in now uh, Memphis. 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 Yes. We just saw some that were bad. And in my opinion, the justice system is working. They were fired. They've been arrested. They're charged with second degree murder. That's our justice system. They probably should have never been cops, but because of the culture now and the temperature of things, I think we've lowered the standards of hiring to be a police officer. And I think that showed up big time in that situation right there. Exactly. You know, when you uh, discourage the good cops, but you have to fill those cars and fill those seats, you know, you start getting the dredge, the dredge yeah. of what's left over. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, if you, if you don't like cops, then fine. The next time your house gets broken into, hire a murderer to come solve it. You know, yeah. solve don't, call, don't call 911. No, call your local drug dealer. You know, hey, yeah. you know, come help me. I don't yep. think it's going to happen. Yeah. And then now they're, you know, want to scream about police reform. Well, here's my take on that. We don't need police reform. What we need is you hiring better people to be police. Um, the, you can't tell me these five cops, and I use that term loosely because they should have never been cops, obviously. They, you can't tell me they didn't know what they were doing was wrong. You can't tell me they weren't trained enough to know that what they were doing was wrong. So that's not a, that's not a retraining issue. That's a hiring issue. And it's a moral issue as well. Yes, yes, you know, absolutely. What kind of uh, um, uh, survey or psychological testing was done on these people, looking at their moral sense, looking at their sense of right and wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, and there are tests that will gauge someone's absolutely. mental health, you know, yep. and, and character. Or is that not allowed now, you know? When, when you look at someone and you're putting him in, in that kind of role and that responsibility, you're putting a gun in their hand and giving right. them that kind of authority. You want someone who has a moral sense, yep. who has a uh, some kind of grounding and faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? But they might say, oh, no, no, you can't do that. Separation of church and state. Malarkey. Yeah, no, malarkey is right. Because, you know, a boy or man with that testosterone and that natural aggressiveness and impulsivity and um and protective black, nature and protective nature if that does not at the same time have a moral sense guiding it and restraining it it has potential to do tremendous harm yeah. And we've seen that not just in the case in Memphis, but yep. even with some of these mass shooters, yeah. you know, who, who go out hurting people, mm -hmm. and, you know, without thinking. Are, yeah. and, and we can see that in our little boys. They just don't think. Sometimes they do stuff and you say, you know, they're jumping off the roof with an umbrella to, as a parachute. <laughs> you're thinking, were you not thinking? No, nope. they weren't thinking. They nope. just thought it was a good idea and let's do it. Yep. <laughs> Hey, and, I can I can identify with that because I did a lot of stupid things as a little boy because I wasn't thinking about it. 
you don't think about it. Nope. And that's part of the way that the brain operates. That's another difference between male and female brains. That part of the brain with the reasoning and the and the and the, being able to look into the future kind of things that if I do this, what's going to happen? The female right. brain is very well versed in that. That's mm -hmm. why, you know, little girls even in school, they don't want to take risks, yeah. you know, because they want to be safe. Yeah. And well, and most most, uh, most girls are a couple of years more advanced than boys, even if they're the same age anyway. Exactly. And and that's one of the things where they're mostly more advanced in yeah. their thinking, in mm -hmm. their reasoning ability. Yeah. Um, and uh, developmentally, they can run circles around our boys. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> and it's it's just the way it is. <laughs> That's just the way they're made. Not that yeah. one's better. Nope. It's just that they're different. Yeah, and, and you know, eventually the boys will catch up. It, may, it takes a while, but they'll they'll get there. <laughs> they do usually in the mid mid twenties. The male, yep. the, the the yeah, the development level starts to you know catch up to um, mm -hmm. women. Yeah, but uh, when it comes to grade school and even college, not so much. No, nope, not so much. Not so much. Yeah, we've, uh, I mean, it is what it is. We've got to, like you like you said, we've got to teach boys like boys. You can't teach them like they're girls. You can't try to, and the same thing with the girls. You can't teach the girls like they're boys because they're not built that way. They're, that's not the way their brains work. And they're not, uh, they're not supposed to be that. But what happens though, what we, what we do tell teachers is that if they use strategies that will help the boys, it won't hurt the girls. Right. In fact, there are some girls that it might help them as well. Uh, mm -hmm. One strategy we try to teach um, or to train teachers is when it comes to, say, movement. Little boys' bodies are, are, are made for movement. Mm -hmm. So we tell teachers, don't have your, your, your students you know, sitting and even homeschool parents tell them the same thing. Don't have your son sitting there for 15 minutes, 30 minutes. And a lot of that depends on their age. But yeah. I'm talking about young boys. It's very hard for them to sit still for that long. So yeah. we tell teachers to break up instructional time into chunks, maybe right. 15 minutes of instruction. Then you give them a brain break. You know, you allow them to get up and move around. Perhaps, you know, Go get some water, walk around. Do in fact, in my school, I had a school for boys. You know, when they were taking a test and they got to a point where they just couldn't think, I said, "Well, do some push-ups, do some jumping jacks." You know. Yeah. In fact, it got one of my little boys in trouble one time. His family moved, and so he left my school into uh -oh. a public school. And his mother called me and said, you know, Dr. Green, I got a call from my son's teacher today. I said, oh, for Michael? About Michael? Michael was one. She said, well, no, the teacher was saying that he was taking a test. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the test, he started doing push-ups in the floor. <laughs> I, said, I said, oh. And she, and she, she was laughing. She said, so I, she said, I had to tell my son. Well, you're not at that school anymore with Dr. Green. You, you're in it, and you no, you 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 can't do it. So, <laughs> but but that, really, that's, that, 
that's what our, our boys need. So yeah. um, teachers, if they start putting movement into their instruction, and, yeah. it's, and it's easy to do. Um, it could be as easy as, all right, I want you to stand up when you answer a question. Yeah. Um, or I want you to um, uh, uh, walk to one side or the other instead of me saying, okay, who would like to go to the park on our field trip and, or who would like to go to the museum on our field trip? Those of you who like to go to the park, instead of raising your hand, say, move to that side of the room. Those of you who like to go someplace else, move to that side. You know, just that. Or when you yeah. do review, do your review by putting um, A, B, C on four different walls. And ask a question and say, okay, is it A, is it B? And see, have the students go to those four different walls. You know, yeah. review questions with musical chairs where the there person left standing has to answer the question. Teachers are wonderfully creative. And they yeah. can think of ways to teach without just sitting and getting, you know. Yeah. Let yeah. those boys move. And your girls, they may grouse about it because girls are perfectly fine. A lot of them were just sitting, you know, yeah, and yeah. just talking. But some of our girls, they need to get up and move as well. Yeah. And it is. It, and it's good for all of them, actually. I mean, you know, they may the girls may not like it as much as the boys, but it's still good for them. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. I know when I would um, substitute teach sometimes and I take the kids out on the playground. Oh, the boys would grab a soccer ball and they're gone and they're just so free. And then I look and the little girls are on the bench under the tree, just talking. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Huddled in a little group. Huddled in a little group. <laughs> Huddled in a little group. You know, yep. but that's how they bond. They bond with, yep. you know, those kinds of things. They bond with talking and relationships yep. and that kind of thing. Boys bond also. But they bond differently than girls. They bond with movement and punches and wrestling. Yep. And so teachers who don't realize that, they'll say, oh, look at them. They're fighting. And I'm saying, no, they're not fighting. They're just saying hello. You know, they yeah, just. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if they, had, if they had seen me and the, the boys in my schools, the way we run around, punched each other in the arm all the time, they'd have been having a fit with the teachers nowadays. <laughs> oh, please, yes. <laughs> And that's just how they bond with each other. Um, yeah. Michael Gurian calls it aggression nurturance. There you um, go. With the wrestling and the and the um, what do they call uh, the little things when they uh, take their knuckles and they go into oh, your a noogie. Noogies, yes, that's it. We're giving them a noogie or or yep. putting on an arm lock or a headlock or something like that. Yes, mm -hmm. boys are famous yep. for that. Oh and yeah, that's just how they bond with each other. Tough yep. talking. Oh, your mama wears combat boots. Oh, your mom, yeah. your your mother's <laughs> lips are so your mother's lips are so big. She has to use chapstick as a spray. You know all right. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And teachers who want to bond, and their parents who want to bond with their sons, they have to use the same kinds of ways as they see the boys bond. You know, they may not have to get them in headlocks, but, yeah. you know, dads learn to wrestle with their sons. And oh, yeah. um, at my school, my daughter taught. I had an all boys school and uh, my daughter was one of the teachers and the boys loved her, not because she was easy, not because she was a soft touch, but she, she was tough as nails. She didn't let those boys slide with anything. <laughs> but 
at recess, she was out on that soccer field with them. There you playing, go. Playing soccer. And so the whole morning, they would be talking about how Mrs. Davis was able to, to, to get one past him. Oh, Mrs. Davis, we're going to get you today. And she would say, no, you're not. She said, you, yeah. you can't play any soccer. I'm going to get you. And so just that tough talking, this kind of thing, that helped her to bond with her boys. And when oh, you sure. bond with a boy, he will do anything for you. He will. That is, that is, that is scoring big points with the boys if a girl oh. does that. Yes, yes, yes. You know, you think of the coach, you know, he's not a soft touch, a typical coach. He's yeah. going to yell at them and 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 fuss at them and and make them do push-ups and run around the yeah. field 15 times. But the boys know that the coach cares and because yeah. he is bonded with them. And that's what our Correct. teachers have become with our boys. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well, Dr. Vermel D. Green, I want to thank you from We the People for your time tonight. And uh, man, I've enjoyed talking to you. This has been this has been fun for me. Well, and, thank uh, you. And I just I love that. Go ahead, plug your book again, please. As many people need to hear that title as possible and get that book. All right, it's Please Teach Me Like I'm a Boy: Ten Steps to His Success in School and in Life. Um, it's available on Amazon. Uh, Barnes and Noble, also Apple iBooks. And also I invite people to go to theboysinitiative.org. Um, they have a bi-weekly newsletter that has many articles about boys, and some of the issues involving boys that you don't see in the popular media. And right. parents and, and teachers and educators, community leaders, you need to um, educate yourself and get informed on some of the issues involving our boys. Yes, and parents, please get involved in your schools. Please know what your kids are being taught and what's being pushed and step in and say, hey, no, that's not happening with my kid. Absolutely. You have that right as a parent. So don't don't devoid it. You know, don't hand it off to anybody else. Be responsible for your kids. Right, well, you right. Thank you. Dr. Thank you for your time, Dr. Green. I've enjoyed it a lot, and God bless you. And for We the People tonight, that's all we've got for you tonight. God bless everybody, and uh, let's stand up and do what's right and uh, stand up for our kids. God bless and have a good night. Mm -hmm.